Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. It's October 21st. 2019. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living Radio Show is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and Listen Now. You may also follow us on Twitter. So if you can't catch us up on our .com, workingforliving.com, you can use any one of those as well. But you can also access those from our .com uh, as well, except for Listen Now. Um, one little announcement before we get into everything here. We're sorry about last evening. Uh, we had orchestra music going out while the show was going on, and that didn't uh, work for all of the listeners, just a few that were in the, uh, the um, switchboard here. Also, working for a living does not condone violence of any kind whatsoever. Please, object or support this contract for the UAW General Motors Department and our membership on its merits. Speak your piece. Violence is not an option, okay? No threats, no anything. This notion that one local had to postpone the the rollout and vote is because of a problem in in uh, the town. We're not going to uh, validate them in any way. Let's let's keep it uh, civil, okay? I know there's a lot of differences of opinion, and I'm personally conflicted in some of the things that are good, some of the things are bad, okay? I mean, and we'll get into that in our show. But let's keep it civil, please. Okay. I think Jeff just checked to see if we have orchestra music or if the show's going on. Uh, and Jeff is going to let us know now because I'm going to bring him on. And he's going to uh, tell us uh, what's going on in the background here. I believe he can tell us. Jeff? Everything's a okay. You're right. Okay. You can hear us? We are good. Yes. Okay. Loud and clear. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so uh, do you have any, uh, you know, as we open the show, we usually talk about the last little bit. Uh, do you have any comments or questions? This, this is a contract that I personally 
cannot accept. what is in black and white in front of me. Um, I know a few of the locals have already held their uh, ratification vote. Two of them, I noticed, were not signed by the election committee of those locals. They were signed by the chairman and the president and three local bargainers. Um, that hasn't worked. Why didn't they have signatures or initials from the um, election committee? They're the ones who are responsible to have, hold all elections, not just for positions, but contract. Um, I've seen a video on either our page or one of the other pages about an hour ago where president of the local called the police to remove any and all striking workers. That is not the way we do things. The international stated that picketers will be online until October 24th. I personally think this whole system is rotten. It's thanks to I haven't. Now, I don't get a vote on this because I'm not a GM worker. I'm a Ford worker. And usually what one company gets, the others get the same thing. Um, that's, that's my opinion, Leroy. Open and, uh, I'm just very disappointed in our leadership. Um, we told them what we wanted. And they are continuing their their ways as they have in the past, violating our our UAW constitution. It's a damn shame. So that's all I got, Leroy. Okay, Jeff. Uh, well, Article 19 uh, allows for the international set of policies and procedures of collecting or conducting a ratification vote. I think that goes against the, the principles of democracy uh, and uh, I believe that all election committees, and most of them are, but all election committees need to be a part of this ratification process. We tried to get that changed and we weren't, weren't successful. So uh, while it should be uh, and you can read Article 38, and you would think it should uh, should be uh, as well uh, that the election committee conduct them, but there's a little nuance over in Article 19 that uh, can allow the international to, to uh, determine the, the method of voting. In fact, they took over voting for the FCA on the second ballot last time, and that's of question. Uh, and that question caused me to put my uh, activity in high gear because the question uh, was uh, very real, in my opinion, and uh, it tainted the agreement as far as I'm concerned. And that's my opinion. Uh, I did see the videos. Made me 
maybe not the one that you saw. There might be another one. I, th- I think I've seen three out there. There might be yet another one uh, on the matters of local union presidents calling police on the membership. Uh, uh, National Labor Relations Act has a section paragraph uh, uh, in it, and it's uh, Title 29 U.S.C. 157. And it states in there that members have the right to protected, concerted activity for the benefit of the membership. And if they want to peacefully stand out anywhere on union property and express their support or discontent, I believe they're allowed to do that under Section 7, which is 157 but it's commonly called Section 7 of Protected Concerted Activity. And for that president to call the police on members just because they were out there peacefully protesting and allowing their voice to be known, no matter who they are, if they're paying dues, to support that hall and the property around it, in my opinion, they have every right to stand on that property as a member and voice their opinion should they become like anything else the sergeant of arms may uh, intervene should they become disruptive that's a sergeant of arms and should the police be necessary if the sergeant of arms needs to engage the, the, the parties and by the way the robert's rules of order allow for the president to empower an ad hoc group of people to support the sergeant of arms in engaging somebody that's been disruptive in the hall or on the property. So, brother, you were out of order. President did that in a big way. Okay? And I just gave you like about three different reasons. Violates federal law. Violates promoting democracy. Violates the procedures in place to deal with anybody that's disruptive and to empower others to help that person, assist him or her. That's off the top of my head, brothers and sisters. Okay? There's no script for this. I didn't even look it up before I got on the show. I was busy on the phone, actually, with this all together in a little less than an hour. Of course, we had yesterday's notes, mostly. So let's let's get back to being a union and less of a bunch of thugs. If you want to take action on such things, I believe it's actionable for a number of reasons. 
I won't go into those on the air. I'm not going to promote it. I'll just tell you that you have grounds in three different categories. Okay. So, having said that, Jeff, you have anything? <laughs> have anything else uh, that that uh, you want to discuss before we get into the rest of this? Uh, no, Leroy, I don't. It's just. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we canceled yesterday's show because it gave us time to, you know, see what others think and really dig into more of the tentative agreement. Right. And understand a little better than we did yesterday. But okay. um, I, I'm at a loss for words on this one. It's, and that's hard for me to do. And and people wanted us to have a, a special show, you know, be first on the block to say this and that. I, I, I want to uh, let everybody know that, one, Jeff and I did this four years ago. And we know that something can be placed in the agreement over in X and have it moved over to Z unbeknownst to you because it was just eliminated here and moved here. And that actually happened in bereavement last time. Remember, Jeff, we had to go back and correct our position on that because we thought it was actually going to go away, but it did not. Right. Okay. Because yep. that was such, a, such a, a concessionary agreement. Uh, There's just so many things. This one's uh, still got some a lot of concessions in it uh, and some things they needed to clean up that were easily done and they didn't easily done and they didn't uh, and we're going to get into that as we get through the show here but uh, uh, we didn't have special shows because you know we didn't feel that we were uh, fully uh, praised of everything even though we read 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 and uh, I know others did, uh, and quite frankly, I haven't listened to the other shows. I haven't for a very long time, actually. So I don't know what they've said. Uh, I can tell you this, that the person that is on the, uh, the other show is the host, Scott Shingledecker. Uh, Jeff and I broke down, uh, and Dan didn't help with the FCA, but uh, Scott and, and Jeff and I broke down GM and Ford. Uh, and I, and uh, Jeff came in after uh, FCA and helped. Uh, and uh, we, uh, Scott and I, are in, uh, have been in communication on some some issues to make sure we're on the same page on that. And uh, we've helped one another with different things, uh, so that everybody knows that we're trying to have a uh, give you uniform uh, uh, education on this as best we can. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that have uh, attended a lot of things in the last few days, and uh, they've heard over and over the uh, rollout teams speak to these issues. And we've been praised by many people who have attended also that have uh, told us some of the things that have been said in these rollout meetings. Uh, some of them, 
at least in one instance, is very concerning uh, on that, uh, uh, Jeff, to, to speak to you, on that uh, page 54, uh, paragraph F, uh, that I, I sent you, and I think I sent some commentary with it. But uh, whether or not you'd seen that before, I don't know. But uh, that came up, and we were that was one of the back and forths that we had. And uh, this needs to get out there uh, in large measure, and we're going to do that tonight for you listeners and the members here. Um, you know, I, <laughs> we're going to speak to the issues as best we can, and then you formulate your opinion. Uh, Jeff and I have the same opinion. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's disheartening with everything going on, that this contract is what is the best they think they can get. And we're going to get into that, too. Okay, Jeff, you want to, we're going to, I added one announcement here, but you want to do uh, uh, the first one? Please. Sure. Um, UAW's GM strike, UAW leadership presented a tentative agreement to the rank and file. And that's many. So that's the first one. There's nothing. Right. Right. And, and, you know, of course, we all kind of know that, but that's for the record because we do have international listeners, too. And uh, some of these may be repetitious for a few people that listened uh, last night. We had about 45 in the, in the switchboard. As you may know, you might see those uh some of this be repetitious, but the general audience didn't hear these, so we're going to go over them again. Pretty much the same. Uh, uh, the second announcement uh, is uh, something that we probably should have uh, brought out a week or so ago. Uh, on September 30th, uh, that's the day for the snapshot for retiree pension funding calculation levels. Okay? And uh, because the stock market was at a reasonably high position on September 30th and not in any way a, a dramatic in, uh, decrease, uh, you can expect that the funding uh, and uh, not to treat the funding level not to trigger any 50% uh, reduction uh, because we uh, we believe that it did not hit the 80% or less than 80% funding level in the uh, pension funding plan or plan funding level. So uh, having said that, it means that probably will not see a reduction in the pension by 50% this January coming up. Uh, I will say, and we'll get into that later, the language that provides for that remains in this tentative agreement for that uh, to be cut. So you retirees that didn't get anything this time, for the first time, nothing. Uh, not even an 800 like they did a year ago, or last contract in 15, 800. Nothing this time. Next thing you're going to get is cuts. So you need to really start to think about that and your activity level in this union. Because you're still the majority, and we're still out here. Now think about that. All right. 
thanks to all of our uh, worldwide investigative reporters. You know, we, we really appreciate everything you do and send to us. Uh, this week's been, uh, the last uh, few days have been amazing around here. So I think I got out of the chair you know, maybe a half a dozen times. And I've had some very interesting phone calls, to say the least. Uh, and thanks to all those people that bless me with the ability to speak with them on, on a myriad of issues. So having said that, uh, I think we're in messages and email. Jeff, do you want to take uh, number one? Sure. Go through them. First one is, I am a G GM worker and in the U.S. Army Reserves, currently called to active duty. Will be eligible for the signing bonus and any other money perks. The name is withheld. We advise you to go to your rollout meeting, if possible. We know you're currently on active duty. And ask the questions of your local leadership. And please PM us what you are told. There may be a work around all this. Um, sorry you're on active duty and not in the country, but uh, we support you, sir. And always will. Right, and we we thank you for your your service, and all not just this writer, but any and all who are currently serving or have served in the past and intend to serve in the future. Thank you for everything you do to make our world a little safer and us able to sleep at night without bombs coming in our windows. Thank you. Uh, number two. Uh, I'm concerned that the members will vote yes and will have to live with this agreement for the next four years. That's a retiree name withheld. Um, members are f free to evaluate and vote their conscience one way or another. They can do it, and as we just discussed, they, they are free to do that on union property as a protected concerted activity as far as I'm concerned. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, number three, working for a living. Thank you for all the good work you do, much of which you are too humble to openly announce. Uh, name is withheld. Um, thank you very much. We don't tell everything we do, but oftentimes the privacy of members we assist. So we are quite busy behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> we do get that way. And we, we've done a lot of work uh, in the past bit, uh, and it's going to change for the better our union, we believe. We'll know uh, there's a, a meeting on Wednesday, I think. We're going to take a look and see how that comes out. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, and it may take a while for that uh, to be assessed and, and, uh, and uh, published. But... We'll see what occurs, but uh, it well could be that the union itself, our union, is better off for it, and some of the policies of our union actually protect the membership if they do what they're asked to do under some of those policies. They should not be penalized. And I know those of you who are listening that have anything to do with that know what I'm talking about. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I guess uh, it's 
come once to run over us. Our international UAW upper members already did. We are going nowhere fast. Uh, name withheld. And I just got to say, many of us are angry. And I made two posts today where people were out there, things that are ang- you know, angry. So um, that's uh, just, you know, one of those uh, things that we can't, we don't have control over. You know, I mean, we can, uh, other than making our vote, and that's what, we, you know, some people have. I mean, Jeff and I don't have a vote in this matter. We have other matters, but not in this matter. Okay, you can finish them up there, Jeff. All right. This contract is about the future. I am a fourth-generation GM worker, and I want GM to be an opportunity for my son and grandchildren. This contract is nothing to assure future unemployment in the USA. Name withheld. I totally agree. Um, I am a fourth-generation Ford employee, so I know exactly what this gentleman's or lady is talking about. Um, and I'm hoping the tree will be around for my future grandkids to find employment. That's, that's it for the emails. Right. I uh, want to make one more announcement that we uh, uh, need to uh, pay tribute to. Uh, it's not an email or a message to us, but uh, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, I know Jeff has a special affinity for this, and I, uh, we'll ask him to tell us in a minute, but we want to make sure that we pay tribute to any and all who have had breast cancer or are struggling with it now and ask that everyone listening in any way you can support them uh, with your your personal support of them or with your monetary support to the American Cancer Association uh, so that they can uh, uh, better research uh, the cures uh, for this. I think we're getting near, if we don't already have one that's been suppressed uh, in my conversations with the university uh, uh, notables that come and go. It's probably the best way of saying that. But Jeff, I know you have a very uh, personal interest in this to the point where you've actually uh, done something uh, and uh, notable uh, to remember uh, someone who had cancer. Would you please tell us about that? Sure. I have an aunt who's only maybe four years older than I. Um, so we grew up together as kids whenever I was in the state of Michigan. Um, she had breast cancer about six years ago, and she beat it. And to celebrate it, I went out and had a orange ribbon tattooed on my left forearm, my right forearm, uh, and her name is Kingpin Amrita Ribbon. Uh, she didn't know I was going to put her name on it. Uh, I came home, I took a picture of it and put it on her Facebook page, and it got to her quite a bit that I did this, did this for her, and I was proud to do it. Um, 
So I do know others who have beaten it. I know some who have lost the battle. But the fight continues until we beat this disease. So that's what I got, Leroy. I did it all for her, not for me. I know you. I know you showed me when we had lunch last week. Uh, you showed me that uh, uh, tattoo, and uh, that you were so proud that you could do something in in uh, uh, support of her and uh, breast cancer uh, awareness in general. And uh, I bet she she didn't know you're going to put it on Facebook, but I, I bet you she didn't know that you're going to be on this radio show talking to ten thousand, <laughs> uh, tens of thousands of people. <laughs> As you talked about it tonight, so about her, yeah. so things things do change. You know, so um, yeah, we're really close. So, um, so I can say that's good. Yeah, that's, thank you, Jeff, for sharing that for us. Uh, we'll get into the, tonight's or this week's definition. It's deliberate. It's an adjective, uh, and it means to engage in long and careful consideration. And I hope that everybody in the UAW is deliberating now uh, about this. And there's good and bad. Believe me, there is some good and there is some bad. And we'll get into that. Jeff, you want to take the quotes? I, there's two of them this week uh, from the same gentleman. Yep. Uh, the first one is, unfortunately, in collective bargaining, one party or the other too often tries to gain an advantage. That's a bargain, like buying something in a store for less than it's worth. That's the first one. The second point is the thing that contributes to anyone's reaching the goal he or she wants is simple, wanting that goal badly enough for it. And that's those two quotes are by Charles E. Wilson. Um, I don't know who he is, but. His quote sounded good. Right, he was a, a ninth, uh, he was an 1800s businessman, late late 1800s, when some of them had some sense. Uh, you know, he he was a someone who believed that there was uh, balance, much like Ford did in 1914 there, when he raised the wages by double uh, and kept the cost of the vehicle down low, so that people with a decent wage could purchase it. This was one of those people, Charles E. Wilson. So, um, Jeff, do you want to start your report? And uh, you don't have to read what we've been reading for a while here, but just okay. get into your report. And if we need support, we will. Um, we talk about temporary part-time workers in this new uh, tentative agreement. Um, it doesn't bode well for these people who have already been working five, six years, and this does not do anything much to help them. The company may hire temporary employees with the approval of the national parties to supplement the workforce for straight time, overtime, or weekend work, and any plant covered by the UAW-GM National Agreement. Any disputes will be reviewed by the national parties. Um, 
temporary employees may be utilized with the approval of the national parties any day of the week to replace employees not at work for certain absentee codes, especially unexcused absences, FMLA leaves, absences, or sick leave with absence of less than 12 months. The number of temporary employees eligible can at each facility be based on the fact facilities average of the aforementioned absence calculated as a percentage of the total absenteeism multiplied by the number of full-time employees on active. Um, okay, certifications. Let's see. Let me try to go down here. Temporary employees will be. Let's talk about that one a little. You want to talk about that one a little bit? That's that's paragraph yeah. F, right? Where they struck it out mm-hmm. and rewrote it, right? No, that's paragraph B. E. Okay. B. All right. Was it E? I thought it was F. No, it's B. Anyhow, on page fifty-four. No, that's page 51. Okay, Okay. all right. That was on page 51. All right. Go ahead. Well, the other one I want to discuss, on on the one from F, I want to discuss that. I I misunderstood what that one was. Thank you. Okay, we'll go to to F then. Uh, Let's see. Well, you you got your report. I'll just, you know, just, uh, you know. Clue me in when it's time. That's all. Okay. Catch up. Let's let's see. That's not it. No, I have it here. Temporary employees will be ineligible for health care coverage under the 2019 Supplement Agreement covering health care program. Exhibit C to the National Agreement with modifications as described in Appendix Titled PM. Um, let's go down here. They will receive full pay for all holidays that occur while they are employed, provided they worked at least 90 days prior to the holiday, would have otherwise have been scheduled to work on such day if it had not been observed the holiday. Must have worked the last scheduled work day prior to the next scheduled work day, after which the said holidays in their work week. For each Christmas holiday, the employee must work the last scheduled work day prior to each holiday and the next scheduled holiday after such holiday. This just rambles on and on and on. Please uh, check off. Let's see here. Back to January 1st, 2021, and thereafter, parties mutually agreed to convert full-time temporary into regular status employees upon the completion of two years of continuous work service. These conversions will occur on the first Monday following the anniversary date upon obtaining the first two years of continuous work. Now, see, this is where... You know, these part-timers, in my opinion, should be uh, made full-time, tackled with the ratification 
of this contract, not two more years down the road. It's just, just terrible. Um, let's see. Those converted from temporary to new hire status would have otherwise met requirements for obtaining seniority obtained in the provisions of paragraph 57 of the UAWGM National Agreement will be considered to have acquired seniority as the last of the date of which conversion. The seniority will date back 90 days prior, 90 days from the date of conversion. I don't see uh, paragraph 8F, right? Okay. Um, I'm actually looking for the post. I think I sent it to you. I'll find it in your PM here. Uh, somebody might have grabbed that and took it down. This is uh, page 54 on the uh, tentative agreement. Okay, that's the written page 54, not the uh, PDF page 54. Paragraph F, that's uh, been strict, struck out. Okay, it's been uh, strike through. Um, Full-time temporary employees will not be hired at a plant where there are laid-off seniority employees within the area hire. Temporary opportunities may be, may be provided to laid-off seniority employees. Okay, that's what's been struck through. New paragraph F. Quote, the parties acknowledge that replacing full-time seniority employees who are temporarily absent due to certain specific reason codes with temporary employees, while not circumventing regular full-time hiring, is mutually beneficial. That's in the agreement. And what that means is that if you're a full-time seniority employee and you're temporarily absent or specific un unspecified reason codes that they can replace you for those absences that you may have with a temporary Okay, let's fast forward this a little bit. Let's take it out. Let's say we're going to have some sort of a uh, correction in things and things slow down. And everybody, I think, agrees that that's probably headed our way. Uh, there's lots of reasons that we won't get into on this show. But let's just say for the year 2022, and we'll say for shits and giggles that the seniority members, employees, have been laid off back to, you got 10 years now, let's say 12 years. All the temporaries have been no longer in use, and they laid off to 12 years seniority. And I'm not talking a pipe dream, I lived through two such layoffs during the oil embargo of the middle 70s 
went back 16 years, and the early 80s recession went back 15 years. So the 12 years I'm referencing here is not on, uh, out of the, the realm of possibilities. And you're a 12-year seniority person, and you're on layoff. And you've been on layoff for a while, maybe 26 weeks. And you're about to exhaust your unemployment and sub, getting close to exhausting sub pay. Okay. Well, somebody in the plant that's a full seniority employee member has to go on sick leave or military leave, and it's one of these unspecified, uh, it says, certain specific reason codes, but it's not specified here in the agreement. Okay, so I don't know who's writing this agreement, and we're going to get into this a couple times, but you act like a ninth grader writing this agreement not an adult that's a chairperson or president of an international or a local union functioning at the international level, national level, on behalf of the membership. Why you didn't specify these codes is unbelievable, absent due to certain specific reason codes. What the hell does that mean? God help us. God help us. Okay. But getting back to the scenario here, the uh, okay. Uh, somebody gets, you know, temporarily has a temporary absence. It's a full-time still working person for sick leave or any one of these unspecified specified reasons. <laughs> yeah, unspecified specific code. Okay. Uh you gotta help us. Jesus. Okay. So um and they're they're gonna go off. They're on military leave for a couple of weeks or they're on sick leave for a while or military a little bit longer leave. Uh something along those lines. educational leave, anything that's gonna cause them not to be in the plant for a brief period of time, right? And you're next in line to go to, you know, the next person that's full-time seniority person to go back to work. And you'd like to go back to work because you're about to exhaust all of your benefits and unemployment and so. You'd like to build some of that back up, maybe, you know, restart some, right? Well, there's a way of not having to pay subpay or restarting subpay, right? Because they're going to use a temporary they're, while you're on layoff and needing to restart your sub and maybe get some credits for uh, unemployment, even if you got another job somewhere, you know, half-wage job, because you can still collect unemployment up to 50% of what your benefit is and not have it affected, right? So you can have a little job, so you're building some credits, but you'd like those credits to be at a higher level, so you go in there and you want to say, hey, this is, you know, give me a couple of weeks at a higher level at least 
so I get a little more unemployment and maybe restart my sub. And that's what you're looking to do. Been out there for a while. You'd like to go back to work, even if it's for this short period of time, a couple weeks. No. The corporation and the union have agreed to an attentive, uh, agreed to a tentative agreement and have presented it to you to membership for your approval to allow, in this circumstance, a temporary to be used for those absences. Okay? Not for you to be rehired for the couple of weeks. And you have seniority. This paragraph, you know, I wrote a, a an article in nine, on July eight. It was published July eight, July eight, nineteen eighty three, and it it had uh, a, the closing argument is, this is the 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 first nail in the coffin of seniority. Okay, it was like the last paragraph or something like that. I'm taking it off the top of my head. And we, I raised so much stink about that back then that we actually got corporate seniority out of that letter later on. That was in 83, as I said, July 8. It's published and went back and forth with the region, assistant regional director Ruben Burks and the regional director Stan Marshall, later executive board members at the highest level, vice president of Stan and Reuben was a, a treasurer of the International Union, Brother Union Burks, I should call him, and Brother Stanley Marshall, because they were true unionists, good people. Well, uh, here we are with seniority again, and they're not going to honor your seniority, according to this that they just agreed to in this in this uh, uh, round of negotiations and approved by a majority of the National Sub-Council. Your seniority doesn't mean shit with this paragraph in here. Sure, it's just temporary work that's being displaced or being needed, needed somebody to come in and, and fill. But it should be by somebody in accordance with seniority and not at the pleasure of the corporation to bring in any damn temporary they want to. That means anybody. So even the temporaries are being disabused. Okay. Now they first of all shouldn't be temporary and have their own seniority date and be pulled back in accordingly or laid off accordingly. By the way, when subpay was negotiated, it was 52 weeks for everybody because the reason subpay came into being is that it was a protection for the lowest seniority that got laid off first, not for the highest seniority that never have get chances of the highest 20-year seniority person to get subpays next to impossible. So why even have it in the agreement? We'll get into that here too. Why even have that in the agreement? That 52 weeks for somebody over 20 years. 
and you got pittance for the younger people. You know, there's times when you just want to grab somebody by the nap of the neck and pull them up off the ground where their feet are kind of dangling, shake them real good and hard, look them in the eye and say, you dumbass. I think I just did that. I've actually done that in person when a man was messing with my sister-in-law and she asked me to have him leave. She was a widow, my brother. And I did that, literally. He found himself nose down in the snow. Just keep it real here, folks. All right? Uh, so, uh, this here agreement, that this paragraph right here, all but does away with your seniority. One more step and there'd be no more seniority. Because this is allowing to circumvent seniority employees that need to go back to work. It might be out, out, almost out of, or out of. I was out once. I was completely out. Completely out. I had 15 years, 14 and three quarters. Completely out of unemployment and sub for a while. And nobody'd hire me. That's the other scenario, and this other element in this scenario, rather. Once they know you're a General Motors employee with oper- and with 12 years, opportunity to go back to work. After this all settles out, nobody's going to look to hire you if there's any jobs available out there. Plenty of them now. You can find them all day long. Things are about to change, okay? I want you to look at the future of your life, not today, okay? I just explained somebody. You know, there's there's a couple of methods of, of how you plan, and... They all have short-term, intermediate, and long-term goals. And one of them has decisions you make today to achieve the long-term goal, all in the short-term, intermediate, and long-term. And the other method of planning satisfies today's needs and jeopardizes the long-term, intermediate, short-term goals. So you satisfy today's need, you get $11,000. Okay, right? Up from eight that you started 36 days ago with. The only change in that that was available 36 days ago was 8000 sign-in bonus to 11000 sign-in bonus arguably money that came from what was earmarked for retirees got moved into signing bonus. And you're going to look at that and you're going to say, oh, man, I'd like to have that. What is that, a month and a half worth of work, maybe five weeks? Hmm? Roughly, with some overtime, five weeks, right? Sixty grand a year, five weeks is one tenth of that, so it must be about five weeks, right? Sixties—that's minimum, minimum. 
Are you going to jeopardize your job a year and a half, two years from now, over five weeks' wages? Right? This is a big, big deal, brothers and sisters. I'm going to tell you something. Paragraph F, as changed, is another nail in the coffin of seniority that I talked about in 1983, and here's another nail. I don't know how many more nails are left in the coffin of seniority. This one deserves not to be approved. Okay. Jeff, do you have comments on that? Uh, no, that's some uh, real deep stuff that people really need to think of. It's that's why we call it deliberate, this. right? That's why we use that that's definition right. this week. Deliberate yeah. on it. You, you find out for yourself what this truly means for you. Okay. Jeff, you got any more on the, on the contract? I know you've, you've been working on this this whole notion of uh, the, the, the uh, temporaries pretty hard. Uh, did you did you tell the members that might be listening that might be their first time or listeners uh, about uh, Article 13, Section 22? Article 13, Section 22. We've talked about this one for a long, long time on this show. Jeff, you're you're a little muffled. I, you might want to adjust okay. something. All right. We've been talking about Article 13, Section 22, almost a year now. And it states this. This is Article 13, Section 22. It shall be left to the discretion of the local union to determine the duration of the period for which work permits are issued. In no case, however, the work permits be issued to any worker for a period of more than three consecutive months. Um, but what you're going to do is you're going to find this and are you going to be constitutional? Article 13, Section 22. And obviously, just being um, how do I want to put this? Well, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's violating its own constitution. Right. Yeah. This is, uh, Jeff, this is uh, Article 13, Section 22. I want to be clear, you know, we're just talking about it, but it is uh, UAW Constitution. Article 13, Section 22, the rules and guidelines by which we as a union are required to abide by and uphold. Also, as we are recognized by any company that we engage in labor agreement with and become the exclusive bargaining agent for the members and we're employees of that unit, or corporation, that the corporation 
with regard to elements of our Constitution are, abide, are obligated to abide by our Constitution uh, for those elements that might affect the collective bargaining agreement. Of course, our Constitution is uh, many things uh, that deal with the operation of our, cons- our, our union, uh, but there are a few things that cross over into uh, what management's obligated to abide by in our Constitution. I be- and believe me, they have copies of our Constitution everywhere, and every change that's made in that book uh, is uh, uh, and, and online now, not just a book, uh, is available at, at the corporations that we do business with, believe me. And, of course, the case could be made that this is uh, not just a violation of any uh, union members, but also of management as well. And we'll see about that. We're still assessing that, Jeff. So um, just to get into that, we're, we're still assessing it. Um, and we have 56 days to do that. Just, just saying. <laughs> Anything else, Jeff? No. Uh, with yours? Okay. I'll start mine then, if that's okay <laughs> with you. Yeah, go ahead. Here we are. We're we're uh, five weeks in, 36 days, right? Uh, we want to. Uh, want first of all, I want to thank everybody, each and every person, brother and sister, who have contributed to what we are presenting tonight. This isn't just our body of work, but we're we're obliged to try and get this to out to the membership. So, uh, and all the listeners around the world that might question uh, why we might ever consider saying no, because um, you know we, it's you know such a high level of uh, benefit that people might just think we're just being greedy. Well, it's not being greedy. Let's keep in context before I start. At one point in my career earlier, in the second decade, if you will, I and my peers paid off, most of my peers, paid off our social, the cap for Social Security in the first week in May, by the first week in May. And we're going to say for shits and giggles, there's a lot of shits and giggles going on out here, uh, May 1st, okay? The cap on Social Security, most people don't realize what it is, except for those that are above the line that government policies are working for. And we're all below the line, believe me. Uh, but that cap is $132,900 today. The government didn't miss one increase that they were entitled to to establish that cap then or now. Okay, so those people think we're making too much money and we have an entitlement mentality and, and maybe we shouldn't have anything. Well, it isn't so much the entitlement mentality and we'll get into that in a second. But the I did the math on a couple of these today. 
committed memory a long time ago, though, but 132900 $132, by May means that you would make approximately $397,000, $397,000 in a year based on the kind of money that we once made at General Motors. And they had 400,000, arguably 400,000 members at the time building roughly the same amount of cars, vehicles, cars and trucks. Okay, think about that. Let that set in a little bit. That's how much wages have been suppressed. Let me give you another example. A Corvette in... 1968 was $4,200, top of the line, best you can buy. Minimum wage was $1.50. I got a 10 cent raise in 1968 that took it to $1.60, but we're going to say $1.50 now. Corvette today is Top of the line, not the new one. They just come out and cut the price on. I'm told 114.5, I think. You divide that 4,200 into the 114. It's uh, what was it? 28 times. I think we used 25. Anyhow, when you extrapolate that to the dollar fifty and put that sort of an increase to us, not just to a product, to us workers, because that's you know, in the end, this is about what our what what our worth is, and we shouldn't be thinking we are worth less than the products that have increased around us, right? So when you extrapolate all of that and extend it over to the minimum wage, we determined that it was $40.52 in today's wages. That's what I made minimum wage in 1968. That was my buying power. I could buy everything I needed. Everything. Listen to what I'm saying. I could buy everything I needed with that amount of money, $1.50 back then. And I submit that with $40.50 an hour, you could buy everything you needed now. Because most of our members are, and they're something in the low 30s down to the high teens. Wage suppression has been a big element of corporate greed, and it needs to change. Now, I know 2% sounds good. We used to get a 2% annual improvement factor every year. 
because Walter Ruther said because of the attrition and method improvement, attrition of our members due to method improvements, manufacturing processes, that we deserve at least 2%. And then we'd get on top of that, we'd get our raise. I've seen 6 7% raises. And on top of that, we'd get cola fold in. So it was pretty pretty handsome back back in the day. I want you to consider that. If this contract mirrored the 19 oh what was it 76 agreement? And you had 2% annual improvement, 3% raise, as I recall, and call a fold-in for the three-year period, the whole fold-in to your base. And that could easily be another dollar an hour. at those rates. So those folks who value labor ought to consider the true value of labor. You see, we have members running around taking opioids in order to do their job. This isn't an easy job that you might find in a normal non-manufacturing environment. They don't have to take opioids to do their job. This is hard work, sweat all day, nasty, hard, difficult work. They used to call us shop rats, demean us. If you went to a social function and they found out you worked in the plant, you were immediately dismissed as being less than everybody else in the room. That's what they pay us for. They pay us for the hard work that we do the lifting of cylinder heads all day, every day, 20 tons a day, overtime 30 tons a day. They pay us for that. It's not easy work in any stretch of the imagination and somebody that defiles it by simply saying 2 or 3% increase is good enough needs to go back and read a little bit about our history because you're not doing enough yourself. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. So now that we've established 
our worth in the workforce is much more than what we're getting because we've been suppressed so long. Over a decade, not one increase in wages. And the weak need no good SOBs negotiating this could not see that value in you to membership because they caved. They caved. In every arena, they caved. Should have been a lot more. And every remuneration should be core wage so that it compounds itself over the long term. Remember we talked about a long-term goal and a short-term goal? Every time they give you a little bonus, that's a short-term goal that you're not getting compounded into your long-term history. Okay, so keep that in mind as well. All right. Um, thank Again, thank you, everybody, for bringing it in. Really making it real. We're going over tonight, by the way, because there's a lot to cover, and we're uh, not going to get through it all. But we're going to c- cover quite a bit, and we already have, and we're an hour and nine minutes in. So, uh, Jeff, do you have anything to talk about on on the the matter of wages itself? Well, I don't want to just go in. Um, that's kind of a uh, one of the breaks here. You you give us your thoughts on. Wages. Well, back in, let's see, 2012, there was a older man who was running for governor of New York. And his, his way of thinking made a lot of sense afterwards. Now, whether or not he was really trying to get, win the election, but his platform is the rent is too damn high. And that's, that was his story. And that was his party name. He ran for President of the United States, yeah. I think, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Rent too damn high party. I right. remember him. I too damn he was high. He was <laughs> Yeah. And well, you do the inverse, I and his wage is too damn him. low party, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's where you need <laughs> The rent is too damn high, and it definitely is that today. It hasn't changed. It's gotten worse since then. Um, that, yeah, first, first, I thought he was just joking around. I was laughing my butt off. But, you know, after thinking about it, he made a lot of sense. You know, and he was up against uh, Cuomo. Or as an opponent for mayor of New York, governor of New York. Oh, was it? Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. yeah. I ran and for president, so, but okay. He, I think he did run for president too. You're right. Um, so that is that's the way I look at things right now. So go back and look what he said. And the rent is too damn high. 
and none of us were making any more money now than we were when he said it. Right. So wages too damn low, right? Wages are too damn low. Yep. Yep. Think about it, people. You know, you'll you'll find it. Uh, I think his name was Jimmy. Jimmy. He had a really gray beard and a white suit, and he had one glove on his hand. The other hand didn't have a glove. Um, yeah. He was character. I, I, I mean, I, I, he was my hero. <laughs> when he was, I yeah. Yeah, getting, getting back to this, though, uh, um, uh, you know, it, it's important that we keep in mind who we are because there's capital, and otherwise known as corporations, and then there's labor, okay, and they, they come together and form enterprise, and that's the pendulum that swings, okay, up and down. And it's been going down a long, 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 long time, not in our favor. And that needs to be brought back to even, okay? And the the people that were sitting there charged with doing this at a time when they had the best opportunity in recent times, in modern times, to do that, bring that that, uh, pendulum back, closer to even, rather than being suppressed so damn bad, they just didn't measure up at all. Now, can we fire you and hire new? Probably too late for that, isn't it? We tried that a year ago. It didn't work for a lot of reasons, most of which were unscrupulous. But it ain't over until it's over. Remember him? Jeff? Yep. Yeah. I remember him. Yogi Bear, right. Yogi Bear. All right, let's back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a special attrition package, and it highlights uh, on page six. Uh, and they say that you're the, up to uh, 2,000 production members hired before October 15, 2007, that are production, non-skilled, can get up to $75,000 to go, okay? And up to 60, a whole 60 skilled trades members, corporate-wide, will be given the opportunity to retire as well uh, with $75,000. Now, the L34s are also being offered that. L34, for those of you in the... Uh, firmament that don't know what an L34 is. This is a person that worked at a facility at General Motors and they were offered voluntary movement to another facility and they refused because they wanted to stay in their locality, their their hometown, if you will. Uh, And then they were offered a forced opportunity to move to another location at General Motors and they declined that because they wanted to stay at their in their hometown and take the chances of being recalled to their facility. And those L30 those are called L34s. They then lost their sub benefit from General Motors and their health care 
from General Motors for her family at that point. Okay, so then all they're getting is unemployment and anything else they go to work at and find some other, another employment. So the contract was not kind to them. It didn't keep them on subpay through the 52 weeks. Remember, they were promised. They were, this is a high seniority person. You get 52 weeks unless we offer you to go Timbuktu voluntary and then force opportunity, and you say no. Then we're going to take that whatever's remaining. If you did that in 13 weeks, then you lose 37 weeks of it, whatever it is. Okay. Sort of 52 weeks isn't really true, is it? Oh, my. For those non-UAW listening, pay attention. The contract isn't all what it's cracked up to be. Now, is it? All right, so now that we have those defined, and there's probably about 500 of those people that are going to take these, uh, uh, have an opportunity to take the uh, 2,000 production uh, special attrition package, as I understand it. Around 400 and change, low change, like 430 or something like that, at Lordstown, to my best knowledge, that are L34. And, of course, Baltimore has some, and uh, Warren Transmission has some as well. So we'll just round that out to 500, maybe a little more. So around 1,500 production workers that are really close to retirement and want to take that uh, can do that. Now, we have some additional information brought to us by uh, one of our uh, very, very uh, uh, capable uh, individuals, uh, and we appreciate that as well without defining that any further. Uh, There are, corporate-wide, in the production uh, ranks, 3,500 members with greater than 40 years of seniority. So of those, about 1,500 roughly are going to be able to take the special attrition package limited to 2,000 total. Okay, I hope that's clear. And in the skilled trades ranks, remember there's 60 of those slots available, in the skilled trades ranks, Greater than 40 years seniority, skilled trades members, 1,540. 1,540 skilled trades members have greater than 40 years seniority. 60 of them, 60 of them will have an opportunity for a special attrition project uh, uh, package of $75,000. And then they retire and get their pension, Social Security, and uh, keep their 75, and go to work as a you know, skilled trades somewhere else in the community if they want. Okay, um, that's the, that's how that rounds out so that everybody understands that. Uh, of those uh, 1,450 that are ready to retire with over 40 years, the corporation says it's going to allow for 400 new apprentices. So that's about 22, 23% of the people that could actually go with 40 years seniority in the skilled trades ranks. So it doesn't look like they're kind of doing that 
commensurate to what they're going to lose. Now, does it? 400 new, 1,540 ready to go with over 40 years seniority. Doesn't sound kosher to me. Let's just talk about when they retire, we replace them. Don't put a number to 400. Again, who's who's really negotiating this? The corporation? Because that looked like a corporate number to me. Or a membership? Because it doesn't look like a membership number to me. Remember, in the interest of the membership, like we start every show, remember that? You remember that, don't you? Yeah. Sure do. Yep. Sure do. The, the uh, difference, you know, Mary Powell, Mary Farrow, Bill Parr Jr., and who's ever running FCI, they've been trying to replicate what Toyota has done with the Toyota production system. Uh, now, Toyota didn't really invent that system. They stole it from Henry Ford. They came to the River Rouge plant, saw what Henry did, took it back to Japan, and improved on it. That's how they got ahead of the big three. Um, one thing I want to say is because I hired in under the Mazda plant back in 1987, um, the owners of the Japanese auto companies, um, weren't stock holders or, or CEOs. They were all owned by banks at that time. And they didn't care if you didn't meet a certain quota. They just wanted you to find a way to improve each step in, in the uh, manufacturing process. So they went under the same... Um, hardships to try to create their shareholders more money. And that's the difference between the big three of then versus the Japanese at that time. Um, if you ask any of my original Mazda hirees, they're from 32 years ago. And now that board has taken over the Flat Rock plant. They will all tell you that they would much rather have the Japanese back running that plant. Um, this is a big, big difference in how the two company, two countries do their business. So that's, that's all I got me right. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, see, see what's going on here? See? And they're trying to steal it back from the Chinese now. Or the Japanese, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So, uh, let me go, let me move to the next uh, element that I want to discuss tonight. On um, page eight of the Senate agreement, uh, it says that the uh, local union shop committees that entered into a local negotiations with management after June 27th shall continue. This is it's, uh, this is a summary of it. Shall continue. Any local agreement without a termination clause shall terminate without further action by either party. Um, 
what that says is your shop committee or your local union in some fashion needed to engage management in local negotiations after June 27, 2019. There's another caveat to this. A letter had to go into the corporation 60 days prior to the expiration stating that you intend to continue your local agreement beyond the expiration date. That's required by our, our uh, contract at the end of the uh, last part of the contract. And I think Terry Dita's letter came out in early July reminding everybody they needed to do that. And that I think he referenced paragraph 221 and 223 requiring a 60-day notice to the corporation prior to the ex expiration of the agreement. Uh, your local union needed to do that as well. So you had, to, you had to enter into negotiations sometime after June 27th, because they didn't want it before then, and then also do the uh, letter intent of intent to continue as a local union after the expiration of the contract. In other words, you're saying, yes, we're going to continue uh, with you. Uh, it's not going to just expire at the uh, end of the contract. And that had to be done 60 days prior. I believe that was July 14th, 13th or 14th that it had to be. And I think I quoted, wrote 13 in one of the comments today, but uh, uh, 60 days because uh, you have uh, July and August or 31. So it might have been the 14th or the 15th, actually, uh, so of July that that letter needed to be received, as I understand it. Okay. Uh, I know of two local unions that likely, one and possibly two, that likely did not do this and are subject to uh, being decertified. Their, their, uh, your uh, contract will terminate and your certification will terminate, as I understand it, at the end, according to this that's written in here in the uh, page 8. You read it yourself. Uh, but our opinion is that... Uh, that those local unions will no longer continue uh, after ratification of this agreement. Be careful who you elect. Okay. This is not, I repeat, this is not a freaking popularity contest. This is about knowledge and people doing what they say they're going to do and doing what they're required to do. In this instance, failure to act could well have caused the end of one or more local unions. Be careful who you elect to represent you. They better be damn well qualified, not just somebody that glad hands you and shakes your hand and says, what can I do to help for you? Help you. How can I help you today? Oh, is there anything you need? You know? And you tell them and they don't know how to fix it or even address it properly. So it might be fixed by other people. Come on, folks. Elect people that are capable of doing the job. And not somebody running around with glitter on their hip pockets. I just couldn't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of them out there like that, and 
those people just aren't uh, qualified to run a pack of Boy Scouts. Um, I, I know the name they call them, but I don't want to get into name calling. <laughs> yeah, I just he thinks a lot of himself, and this is too much fun. He's really, yeah, he's he just out of nowhere, and he, uh, we won't sing anymore. Right, right. So anyhow, uh, <laughs> uh, be careful who you elect, really. Uh, and the person I was talking about isn't from either one of these two local unions that might be having a problem. So I, I don't want to infer that uh, either one of them wear sparkles on their hip pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so. Elections are next spring. Yeah, but this is serious stuff, folks, and we're making a little bit light of it because some of the people are just ridiculously stupid that represent us, and they shouldn't be there. Uh, so um, be careful who you elect. There's people out there that are in, uh, technically not allowed to hold office. If you, by our UAW Constitution, if you're a communist directly or indirectly, you may not hold office. If you have been convicted of or even perpetrated a fraud that's a felony, even though it hasn't been uh, found and and that you haven't uh, been charged and convicted, if you perpetrate it, you can't hold office. Think about that. Think about the people that are out there that you know that might be, and highly visible in some cases, that might be in violation of our UAW Constitution and aspiring or holding office. Think about that. Some not qualified, and there's a couple that aren't quite qualified, but they're incapable of holding office. Because of the Constitution, if you, that in in you know we here aspire, and Jeff's seen it over time. We don't want to be associated with communists. We don't want to be associated with felons. We don't want to be associated with somebody or any group of any of the any of the three uh, that uh, aspire to supplant the union, destroy it, and start a new one. If you destroy the, if you decertify a union, you can't get another union for a year. Listen to what I just said. If you decertify, act to decertify, even your local union, you may not have another union for a solid year. Thank you to the two brilliant people in these locals that have now caused that to be the case. Should new work come into their facility. You may not have another union in your facility or at the international level for a year. So those geniuses out there wanting to supplant the union, tear it down and start a new one, ought to rethink their little plan. And they're out there, brothers and sisters. 
They're out there. Jeff, do we do we attempt to abide by the Constitution in such matters? Yes, we do. At all times. We don't even associate with such people, do we? No, we don't. No. And we go to some great length to do that. At some, you know, chastising. You know, it's like the one thing said, there's a whole lot of people out there. I forget what it was. It's funnier than hell. It's worth quoting it if I can find it real quick. I'll, I'll look for it, and then we'll, I'll get this uh, uh, This whole, uh, uh, I want to go to the next one, is uh, the supplemental agreements. Let's see if I can, is this me? No, I'll find me. Just one second. This is funny. I mean, this is, this is genius. I don't know who wrote it, but uh, I saw it earlier today, and I just could not, and I had a couple of people. Uh, actually, like this, that are in the same, in in this circumstance. So here, and I said, I said, I said, this is too funny, not to share. And it applies to a whole one whole lot of people. This, this is what it says: Some people are holding serious grudges against you for shit they did. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are holding serious grudges against you for shit that they did. Uh, yeah. So, and, and like we were talking about, you know, it's some some uh, criticism for holding to the Constitution and federal law. But, you know, we just do it all the time. Uh, next issue is, and we're trying to have a little break between the issues here so that you can kind of just digest what we just got done saying. Uh, the supplemental agreements, the pension plan, ex- Exhibit A, uh, a myriad of these little uh, supplemental agreements, uh, and they're outlined on page nine of the tentative agreement, if you want to look at them. But most importantly, we're concerned with the pension plan uh, because it uh, is something that was changed in the 2015 agreement that we believe violates the international or the uh, uh, UAW constitution. Uh, the pension plan. Uh, and the rest of the uh, supplemental agreements, as noted on page 9, most importantly, the pension plan shall remain in the same uh, uh, except as initialed by the parties. Shall remain the same except as initialed by the parties. So that means the pension plan still has almost verbatim the summary because uh, the the uh, Pension Protection Act of 2006 is some 300 pages, and they uh, reduced it to 20. And uh, probably about uh, six of those are verbatim in our pension plan. And they say that uh, at least the pension plan uh, in one part, not part of the Pension Protection Act but uh, of 2006, but the uh, – Pension plan says that General Motors, after 2009, eight or nine, eight, I guess, uh, will be relieved of its responsibility for the pension plan. That means that they can take the $75,000 out of our pension plan for each one of those 2,060 people and not have to pay for it themselves. It comes out of our money, pension plan. All of the special attrition packages have been taken from the pension plan. All right. 
keep that real. Okay, so the uh, pension plan remains the same, and it has all of this language from the Pension Protection Act. One, the corporation's relief from uh, putting any more monies in it. That's in a separate part of the, this the pension plan supplement book. And then in the sections that were changed in 2015, it says that if funding falls below 80%, a number of things happen to include 50% cut in payouts for pensions. Below 60%, if the funding falls below 60%, 100% cut. Go read it. Go read it. That's what it says. All right. So, like I said earlier in the show, when we talked about the snapshot being September 30, you probably won't get a cut this January, but expect one in 2021 of at least 50%. So start squirreling away your money. You got a year. What do you think about that, Joe? That's unbelievable. Too long. Management just don't care about people. Well, guess who agreed to it? And, and agreed to keeping it in there. Yeah, I, same guy we want in jail <laughs> next year. Um, well, and his team, too, right? Yes, and all of team, his yeah, yeah. board members, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 Chicago. Some, I saw a uh, campaign button. You know, the little round buttons are about two and a half inches around. Yeah. Right? It says, yeah. uh, uh, somebody say, well, it said uh, Sally Sue for city council or, uh, you know, uh, Andre for county commissioner or whatever. This one said Gary for prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I seen that one, right? <laughs> kind of fitting. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. Uh, I want to talk about this with regard to the, the standard for uh, the UAW Constitution. Article 2, Section 4 says that um, we, the members, are required to enforce existing laws. Okay. And we're required to work to repeal such laws that are unjust to labor. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hit me upside the head. Whatever the hell you need to do. But I assert with my entire fiber of my soul and physical body that if you are wanting to cut my pension in half due to some moron in Wall Street that cuts the pension or the, uh, the stock prices, That's unjust labor, unjust law to labor, right? And we're supposed to repeal that, aren't we, according to our Constitution? We're supposed to work to repeal it. Does putting that in our agreement sound to you like it's working to repeal it? 
No, it doesn't me either. Nope. Sounds a hell of a lot like they just affirmed it. Okay? They just affirmed it. So, enforce existing laws, work to repeal laws that are unjust to labor. Requirement of the UAW Constitution. Yet and still we find it put in in the 2000 agree 2015 agreement and left in in the 2019 tentative agreement. Retirees, I think you ought to stand outside them union halls for their meetings just like they did in Spring Hill, Tennessee today and had the police called on them with your signs saying, Vote no. If for no other reason, the next thing that we're going to talk about. we 20 minutes. This is a doozy here. This is a doozy. God help us. Jeff, do you think, I mean, let's go back to this last one. Do you think that that's unjust law? A law that's unjust to labor? Yeah. Something that cuts our pensions by 50 and 100%? Definitely. And other benefits that go along with it? Exactly. Oh, oh, I forgot. At the uh, 80% level, if it falls below there, there's no more special attrition packages allowed. They can't take $75,000 out of the pension fund anymore so people can get paid to leave early from work or incentivized yeah. to leave work. That can no longer uh, occur if it falls below 80%. So, you know, I mean, the good news is uh, that while we're enjoying 50% of our pension, they can't let anybody else retire with big $75,000 special attrition package. Is that good news to you, Jeff? Uh, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's good news at all myself. But No. I can see my grandfather's rolling over in a grave right now. He's even thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, and one one brother was I, I think it was brother might have been sister, uh, one member let's just call it one member, was was on one of the pages and they said, you know, my father wouldn't approve of this agreement. My grandfather wouldn't approve of this agreement. My great grandfather wouldn't approve of this agreement, and my great great grandfather wouldn't approve of this agreement. Great great grand. Father, uh, fourth generation, right? My, my father, yep. grandfather, great great grandfather, and great 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 grandfather and great great. That's he was fifth fifth generation. He was fifth generation. He or she, the the, the member was fifth generation. UAW said he, not one of his ancestors would approve of this agreement. Not one. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, let's
let's get into this next one. Appendix K. Yeah. Wow. Um, Appendix K, let me read the first two paragraphs. The company and the union are committed to creating and preserving jobs for both current and future General Motors employees. Ha, 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 ha. The parties also recognize that such job creation and preservation can only be realized within a work environment which promotes operational effectiveness, continuous improvement, and competitiveness. You may recognize the word continuous improvement as combining three jobs into one that causes our members to have to take opioids in order to function on a daily basis to do their job. Okay, paragraph two. The parties have pledged to continue working together consistent with this understanding and other provisions of the national agreement to enhance the company's competitive position. That remains the same from the previous agreement to the new agreement. Now there's some things added here, a whole lot. They struck out the local shop committee chairperson and the plant manager or their designates will serve as resources to and local subject matter experts for the National Sourcing Committee with regard to sourcing issues. They took that out. Uh, there's another portion here they took out. I'm sorry, that was a little before this. There's three paragraphs they took out. These struck through. Actions which drive the behaviors and results needed to create and preserve jobs in the increasing global automotive manufacturing business are not solely the responsibility of the national parties. There are a number of ways the local parties can influence on this important topic. A primary example is uh, the previous one I just read, and then there's another paragraph below that that's been struck out. By doing so, the local parties will contribute to play a key role in assuring the plants are in a viable position to ensure work when opportunities arise. We did so, and we were the lowest cost labor on the planet until the Trump tax bill that included a 50% cut for anybody that built anything overseas or outside our borders, outside our borders. And that made Mexican labor more desirable. And of course, you've seen such actions mid-contract go towards Mexico because of that. So things outside our agreement do affect us. So those are the things that got struck out, and they had a whole bunch of stuff in here. It says, um, oh, oh, to that end, the parties will focus on identifying opportunities, return work, retain work, and add new work. To that end is not legal language, by the way. Brothers and sisters listening, it's not contractual language in any way, okay? Not in any way. Should have said something like, to enforce the above two paragraphs, 
the UAW participation is limited to the following? Hmm? Not to make the corporation competitive? There's federal law out there that says unions must act in the interest of the membership. There's several places in the UAW Constitution that says the union will operate in the interest of the members. Labor ethos demands that labor work in the interest of the membership. Much like the seniority clause a while ago that we talked about, that dovetailed with my July 8, 1983 letter about seniority, the nail in the coffin, here's another one. We're only a couple away from seal in the coffin. Maybe not that many. As I think about it. But here we are. This paragraph, these two first two paragraphs. Oh, I wanted to say what 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 things are that they want to do. They want to. Um, Discuss opportunities regularly. They want to maintain minutes of those discussions. Track and monitor the level of seniority and temporary employees. Monitor transfer moving in and out on Appendix A and 96, paragraph 96. We're going to monitor a hell of a lot of stuff. But there's nothing in this agreement it says we're going to do it in the interest of the membership. It does say that we're going to do it in the interest of the company because it says, continue to work together consistent with this understanding of the position to enhance the company's competitive position. This paragraph if left in this agreement, means that the UAW is a company union. And even, even to the end that they have mitigated this or attempted to mitigate it to the issues here, they didn't remove it. So it's all of these mitigation paragraphs we're going to talk about to the, to the end. All these mitigated paragraphs mean that it is done under the notion and contractual obligation that we're a company union. Not because we're a union that represents members and working with a company that we all realize, all of us, needs to exist and, th and thrive in order for us to get money. This says that we're subordinate to the company and we do it in their interest because we have to enhance the company's competitive position. Violation of federal law, UAW Constitution, labor ethos itself. Right. That's pretty
pretty wild out there in the this in fact makes the UAW a company union in our opinion had it been removed in the same language below we agree to focus on all of the above or all of the below rather all of the below okay this says we're a company union if you want to work in the company union i guess so if you can you can vote yes if you don't then you vote another way right I want to focus on that portion where I said operational effectiveness, continuous improvement. Okay? Without that language in there, continuous improvement, wouldn't it be nice to have language in there that replaced this that said, we understand that the workloads in many instances on our plant floor have become unacceptable, unsafe, and unhealthy to the physical and mental health of our members. And to that end, we will address those jobs where members work, and they have one or more members who have, due to the job, performing the job, have had to go on sick leave because of workplace injury from doing the job, one or more of those people. We will assess those in a organized, methodical way to address those jobs, those aforementioned jobs, to get the workloads adjusted to a fair day's work for our fair day's pay, something we have long ago forgot in the leadership negotiating these agreements. Fair day's work for fair day's pay. It's been a long time since we heard those words out of leadership. Walter Ruther said them pretty regular. Fair day's work for fair day's pay. That means you go to work, you comfortably do your job, not in a relaxed mode, but comfortably. You're able to do it without being harried or able to wipe the sweat off your brow when it's hot. Adjust your shirt collar if you want to. Scratch your back or wherever when needed and do your job in the footprint. not be harried at flank speed, that's a naval term, fast as it'll go, the entire shift and barely able to wipe the sweat from your brow, if at all. And at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, taking Norco or Vicodin or Oxycontin, some sort of opioid, in order to kill the pain so you could perform your job. 
as long as this language remains in this agreement, as it is right here, what I just asserted cannot happen. No committee person has been out on the floor assessing this. I know of one person did it. He's a civil engineer, and he did it on his own. Broke down the job to industrial engineering and said this job cannot be humanly done. We need people like that civil engineer breaking all of the jobs down that are problematic, especially those jobs where one or more people have had to go on sick leave due to performing the job. That should have been an agreement. And the reason it's not in the agreement is because people negotiating it and supervising it and approving it at the national level have lost their connection with manufacturing membership. Absolutely don't know what's going on in the plant. Or this language wouldn't be in there. Com continuous improvement. We didn't even talk about, we're getting close to the end, we got about three minutes. We didn't even talk about insourcing and repatriation. I'm told that when they started that, that was a non-starter. Okay. We did an entire show on the benefit of a need for an umbrella agreement and in, in sourcing the parts suppliers and anything that's owned by General Motors ought to be part of this agreement, including General Motors subsystems, CCA, GMCH, all of the above. Remember, German agreements rates are border to border regardless of company. If you're a product handler, you're a product handler nationwide at the same pay. Not good wages at General Motors and substandard sub wages at Federal Broach, for example. We got two minutes left. Jeff, you got anything to add to any of that? No. You know, good job, you're right. Um, we are not going forward. We are still going backwards with disagreement. This is the best chance they ever had to get a better agreement, and they failed. Brothers and sisters, you're going to be listening to the rollouts and the uh, probably be voting this week. Consider what we've said here tonight. We're not going to tell you how to vote, but we will not support an agreement that violates the Constitution. That's why it's and that's why I'm in my position. We do not support it. We will not tell you how to vote. We're out of time. Thanks to all our listeners globally. North America, all our UAW listeners, all of our members, brothers and sisters, retirees, thank you so very much. We are out of time. Have a good night. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Good night, Jeff. Good night. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 